I unfortunately stepped on a landmine. So here I am, 19-year-old kid on gate guard, having a mother bring her child to the gate asking for help, you know, missing a limb. And we thank you so much for joining us for the uh, Run the Race podcast. This is your host with uh, two first names here, Jason Dennis, talking uh, each and every week about uh, faith and or fitness, two of my passions in life. So I appreciate you uh, joining us here as we uh, rock on uh, just a few weeks out from Thanksgiving. Hard to believe. I hope you and your uh, family and friends are, are staying safe. We have a great guest uh, for this podcast. You know, our, our theme this month is going to be thankful. And uh, one of the things I'm thankful for is uh, the ability to, to go out and exercise, but also for our military, our, our veterans who have uh, uh, some paid the ultimate sacrifice and many have uh, bravely gone and fought for our freedom, for our country. One of those is a man uh, I talked to for this episode of the podcast. Master Sergeant Retired U.S. Army Jimmy Matthews, who's from Mississippi, but just made his way through Georgia and spent about a dozen years here at Fort Benning. So going to hear more about uh, him and his crew that are doing a uh, they've already done uh, more than a thousand miles across the country. Uh, they ended that earlier this year, and now they're doing hundreds of miles across the southeast. So more on their buddy watch walk in just a few minutes. But uh, first, you know, a, a lot of us and a lot of you, maybe they're listening. We use Fitbits and all the other kind of things on our smartphones nowadays to count our steps. And the magic number, um, you know, it has been for a while, seems to be ten thousand, which is uh, roughly about you know four to six miles, depending on where you're counting or how you're counting. And uh, so um, I think that's a good motivator to do that. And some people say, well, running's better than walking. Well, it is maybe cardio-wise, but we're going to talk later in this podcast about how walking is really, uh, you know, can be just as good, um, especially depending on it, maybe if you can't run. And so uh, walking is a, a, a great thing to do. I've actually been doing more of it the last few months. I've been doing these virtual races across, one across Tennessee, and now this crawl, this circumpolar race around the world with a team and we're trying to do uh, 35,000 miles or 50,000 K in probably about a, a matter of 14 to 16 months. And it counts your runs, but it also counts your walks, not your steps like in the mall or at work, but your steps when you go out on a walk with your dogs. And so I've been averaging at least a half mile or today uh, I did two and a half miles with my dogs uh, during a meeting. So uh, good to go out there and uh, do whatever you can for sure. Now turning to our guest for today, Master Sergeant, retired U.S. Army Jimmy Matthews, uh, who retired just about a year ago. After 25 years in the service, a dozen of those served at Fort Benning, which we're right next to here at Columbus, Georgia. He deployed several times to uh, Bosnia, Iraq, Kuwait three times, and he earned the Bronze Star with Valor, uh, highest ranked earned as a Master Sergeant. And uh, he is currently retired and raising awareness for veterans, actively serving, uh, you know, helping the military, anyone facing challenges, especially with uh, veteran suicide and everyday life struggles. And we're talking to him today about the Buddy Watch Walk. With uh, He joined in with another uh, veteran, John Ring, from the Army National Guard. And uh, last year, uh, they walked uh, across the country. Uh, John walked from Georgia, Tybee Island, Savannah, all the way to Santa Monica, California, 
Whereas Master Sergeant Matthews, who I talked to today, he uh, walked, joined him in Mississippi and walked uh, more than 1,600 miles all the way to California. Well, this time they're doing a buddy watch walk east, uh, 601 miles from Jackson, Mississippi, back to Savannah, Georgia, Tybee Island, all raising awareness and money for uh, military veterans issues, specifically for suicide because there's 22 vets that commit suicide every single day, and that's actually gone up to 26 during this coronavirus pandemic. So here's what uh, Master Sergeant Jimmy said to me. I'd like to welcome uh, Master Sergeant Retired uh, Jimmy Matthews to the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by and joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, a pleasure to be here. And I know you uh, have been busy walking, uh, <laughs> yes. walking a lot, um, <laughs> and so uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. We're going to talk about uh, your, uh, you know, uh, twenty-plus year career um, in uh, the the military and uh, your issues with PTSD and and different things and what you what you're raising awareness for, uh, and also some experiences you've had related to fitness and faith because obviously you're a fit guy doing all these miles. A little bit. <laughs> uh, so first of all, tell me about this uh, buddy watch walk. Um, and, and first of all, like, take me back to uh, when you initially started it uh, last year. You uh, joined someone that I guess was a kind of a stranger to you, and you stranger. ended up doing <clears throat> what, you know a couple thousand miles with him, right? Yes, yes definitely. Um, well, John started Buddy Watch Walk uh, October the first, two thousand nineteen, uh, from Tybee Island, Georgia, to Santa Monica, California. So his initial plan. Uh, was to do it in 90 days. Uh, so as he started walking and then talking to veterans and hearing their stories, uh, he just decided to throw that 90 days out the window and said, hey, this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. So he just decided to make a schedule and uh, just go from town to town, city to city, talking to veterans and uh, seeing what he can do to help. And you were uh, from Mississippi, and uh, you saw his story and, and said, man, I'm going to join him, and I want to hook up with him. And I know that your original idea was just to kind of, I'm going to walk with him in my home state. Right. But uh, it grew to so much more, right? I mean, this you, I guess uh, this kind of correlated with your uh, the end of your 25-year Army career, too? Right. Or? It kind of correlated with it. Like I was saying, I was being an advocate myself, uh, coming out of retirement, just trying to help um, – Veterans and actual soldiers that I that were still in the military that I um still kept in contact with that were struggling. So I just tried to put it out there that hey, um, you know, get rid of the stigma. You know, the higher ranking guys go through some of the same struggles. So if they see that, that would give them hope that hey, you know, I'm not in this alone. So yeah, I was just online being an advocate, and I stumbled across John's page. And read about what he was doing, and I was like inspired. So I was looking at his graphics and his route, and was like, "Hey, I want to try to maybe do something like that for my state." You know, just me. And so I asked him, like, "How does he do it?" And he was like, uh, "You know, with the logistics piece and where he's lodging and stuff." And he was like, "Hey, man, you know, I haven't made it to Mississippi yet. Why don't you come out and join me?" And I was like, "Great, okay, I will do that." But you know, I'm about to. I'm in my final stages of retirement. After I retire, I'll join you. So November 15th, 2019 was my last day in the military, and I joined John four days later on November the 18th. 
in Pearl, Mississippi. Wow. And so how many miles, fast forward, how many miles did you end up doing with him? This was from, I guess, fall of last year to this kind of was. the start of summer, I guess, mm-hmm. this year? Well, I started November, so then a COVID hit, so we took a break for 52 days in Central Texas or East Texas. And um, I ended up doing, I think, a total of 1,834, somewhere around that. But it probably was much more because we veer off the route just to get to the lodging. Because um, we, you know, there's curved line distance and there's straight line distance. So uh, it adds up. So Yeah, and, and people, you know, that are listening, uh, you know, may do have regular walks maybe every day. But they're walking maybe two or three miles or something like that. I mean, 1,800 miles is quite a bit. So how, I mean, you're a fit guy, uh, re, you know, retired Army soldier. So, I mean, how is your body holding up with all this? I mean, is it is it difficult, easy? Or? Um, to me, it was kind of easy because I was just getting out of the military, so I still was doing my physical physical fitness uh, almost every day. When you start retiring, you kind of slack <laughs> off a little bit. But um, in the beginning, it was easy. And then when we took the break, like I didn't have any issues with my feet or any any blisters or nothing. So when we took that break... Uh, for COVID, after we started back again, then I got blisters. I didn't understand that, but the physical piece is not hard. You know, I'm used to running. I'm slim guy, so it wasn't that hard. Um, just when you get out and hear the stories and uh, notice that you're helping people, the physical fitness part doesn't even bother you. You just want to meet people and help and get them the help that they need. So you kind of wash out the the pain of walking. And you take your breaks in between and drink and uh, get your salts and nutrients and electrolytes in your body, and then you keep pushing. Yeah, and you're here in Columbus, Georgia now because this is kind of like the some somewhere in the sort of central part of your buddy watch walk east, which is 601 miles. You're going to end up um, in uh, um, Savannah, Tybee Island is the kind of the finish line in about a, less than a month, I guess less now. Month, yes. So uh, tell me about that, how that's been going so far and in terms of, because um, this is where you're more focused on military or veteran suicides and, and t- talking about those issues, right? Right. Um, well, it's, of course, it's heartfelt for me because I served 12 years here at on Fort Bend in Georgia. Uh, I was here from 2000 to 2006, and then I came back in 2008 and left again in 2014. So uh, when John came through, I think he, yeah, he met the mayor and a couple other people. It wasn't as, you know, he wasn't known as much as he is now. So on the way through this time, he didn't plan as much because, you know, it was just, hey, I'm going to meet the mayor and the other guys that I met, and then I'm going to take care of some business. So for me, I told him I would just stay here and interact with everybody because I kind of know the place and I have friends that are still here. So uh, it's just an honor to be back here, uh, giving back to the community of uh, Fort Bend and Columbus area. Yeah, the home of the infantry and rangers, right? Home of the infantry, rangers, and uh, home of 3rd ID, 3rd Brigade. So, you know, uh, I don't really. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we salute you and all the guys at Fort Bend because, I mean, you guys do amazing things, sacrifices, pandemic or not. And so we appreciate it. Um, I want to talk to you about some of those deeper military issues and some of the things you've been through in your decades in the military. But uh, one thing we do with the podcast is we do a fast forward. It's kind of a rapid fire questions, getting to know you uh, for those who who don't know Jimmy Matthews. (laughs) Um, And uh, so uh, the first of those is uh, what is your current job description, both at work and and at home. I know work is kind of like, <laughs> quote, work, you know. <laughs> um, work description is retired. <laughs> um, at home, 
helpful hand with my parents. And that's about it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't start work. Like, I, my work was Buddy Watch Walk. Like I said, I retired on the 15th, and I joined John on the 18th. You so didn't take much time off. Didn't take no time off. Man. Instead of putting my feet up, I put my feet down, you know, and started walking. There you go. <laughs> well, for a great cause, for sure. Definitely. Um, so tell me about, uh, obviously, you know, this may be kind of obvious with what you've been doing lately, but for you, what is your routine every day or week based on, for fitness? How do you stay physically fit? Uh, well, right now, every day we wake up, uh, you know, of course, I drink water, and then we do 22 push-ups to honor the 22 veterans that commit suicide a day. Uh, all of us get down. We do our 22 push-ups. Uh, we have dumbbells. We do, you know, little curls. Uh, but we don't do anything. You, you think we should do something with the legs, but we know the legs going to get a workout. But <laughs> that's about it. Uh, push-ups and uh, curls with the dumbbells. Plenty of cardio. So you're getting in about, you know, more than 150 push-ups a week probably, right? Uh, At least. We do 22 push-up, 10 sets, so it equals to 222. Wow, okay. That's that's impressive. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, great for the core. Um, so for you, is do you have any kind of a um, spiritual or motivational motto or mantra that, that you live by, something that is important for you in terms of, you know, your um, for, for your life? Well, I was always uh, raised up coming in, in the church. Uh, my parents always took me to church, and I've uh, kept that um, trait throughout my whole life uh even during combat um met friends spiritual friends um i remember 2003 during the invasion uh frank wilburn that i um served with he would always tell me to come over to the tank and uh, we'll say a prayer before a training mission or a training exercise and uh, we carried that on from uh fort benning all the way to iraq so um it's always been with me um and along this walk, just when we, every day we honor a soldier that uh, committed suicide. And it's strange, like before we're getting all everything together to do the uh, honors, traffic is going, it's blowing, and it's, you know, it's just noisy. And then when we do our, remove our hats to, you know, give our respects and uh, have a moment of silence, it seems as if God just quiets the area. It's been it's been uh, just amazing every time we've done it. We've done it several times, and every time it's been quiet as if God just said, okay, I'm going to quiet this and let you guys, you know, give your respects. And then when we're finished, put our hats on, it's back busy again. And it's been, you know, we noticed that. Uh, so Yeah, kind of like the traffic knows you're having a moment of silence, Of right? course, <laughs> like the traffic knows, and uh, God just makes it, you know, that way. So, um that's awesome. Other things, spiritual, and, and just the weather. We've had bad weather, but it seems as if when the bad weather is there, we're off. We're doing stuff like this inside of the city. We'll be inside of buildings, but then when we start walking, it's uh, it's clear. Or like I was telling you, in Abilene, Texas, it snowed um, real bad on a Wednesday. And just so happened that Thursday we were on our break. So we, we were in the hotel. That night we saw the road crews cleaning up, putting down salt. And Friday when it was time for us to walk, it was clear. Sun was out. And we were like, man, that's just God at work, you know, for yeah. us. So it's like he's blessing us for the good deed that we're doing. Yeah, like the schedule's on purpose. You know? On purpose. And then <laughs> the hurricane just recently in Mississippi when yeah. we, were, we were in um, – meridian 
and we took a few days to relax and visit veterans and organization there as well. And the hurricane went, you know, we, they was expecting it to come that way, but it went around us. Um, and it didn't, you know, it didn't affect Meridian at all. So we stayed there, hurricane passed, and when it was time for us to start walking, sun was out. So wow. it's been in a lot of moments like that. A hedge of protection for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and the last of the fast four, uh, what is something uh, unique about uh, retired Master Sergeant uh, Jimmy Matthews? Something unique, unique about you? Unique? Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, well, I can say during combat, uh, I was told uh, – some of the guys that served with me uh, said that I killed the only moving tank during the Iraq War. So, wow, that was pretty unique. Um, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about that because you were telling me that was kind of a, a very um, kind of a spiritual or kind of a, 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 a like a a, a a moment for you that maybe changed the course of things. So, tell me about was this um, like your second or third uh, combat deployment? That was the first one. For very first uh, one. Very okay. first combat. <clears throat> My first experience with deployment was a peacekeeping mission in bosnia um not much action there but i did see you know death and carnage and stuff like that from the villagers uh returning back to their village after you know we came in they were returning so the serbians were they left the landmines in place so <clears throat> you know kids going to be kids they're outside playing and they unfortunately stepped on a landmine so here i am 19 year old kid on gate guard having a mother bring her child to the gate asking for help you know missing a limb so that's kind of like a traumatic moment for me at 19 years old yeah uh, I also lost a friend in basic training that you know I, four months we were in basic training together so he was killed um, as we were um, mobilizing into the country so that was uh, traumatic for me as well sure and um that's about it. Those about the two incidents that gave me my first traumatic events. Um, you know, now that you think about it, but as you know, back then you're supposed to be tough and you know. But yeah. Now, when you moved to your combat deployment, like you're talking about with this mm -hmm. moving tank, well, I mean, what was your job? I mean, because I know you have like, okay, this is my role mm -hmm. when I go in this deployment for my unit. Gotcha. I was the tank commander at the time, so I was the overall in charge of three other guys on the vehicle. So. When we got, it took us like 21 days-ish to get from Kuwait to Baghdad. So on the day that we were entering uh, Baghdad, our contr fire control systems on the tank, we noticed that we were shooting out and we were noticing that it was hitting like off. So we couldn't figure out what it was. And finally, we looked inside our computer control box. There's a box right next to the gunner that sits right here. And every time we fire, it would zero out because you get these numbers calculation where the gun you know when you lays at the target does all the calculation it's going to make sure it hits the target um but when we open the computer all the calculations was zeroed out so this you have to go back to your basics of either you have all the uh numbers written on a piece of paper so if that does happen you just input them back in so okay. you know you're trying to do that on the move somebody's firing at your artillery's flying so i was telling my gunner remember you have every time we fire we have to check the computer so like i said it was just chaotic at the time so we're entering baghdad and we had to get to our objective which was objective uh monty we had to wait for the marines to come over the bridge uh, and then they were like we were expecting the uh 
Republican guard, which was supposed to have been Saddam's, you know, top top guy. So we sat there. Like I said, we had been going for like seven days straight, so we were tired. And there was smoke everywhere from all the secondary explosions and stuff like that. So we there was a bridge, you know, how the bridge arches. So we're sitting on this side. So we were expecting the Marines to come, but then, you know, you have to be aware at all times. So uh, I had my head on this site and I'm kind of like dozing off and then I open my eyes and then the site we had to put it in night vision because all the smoke was um be able to see through it yeah, yeah have to see through it so we had to put it in night vision to get heat signatures so I see this silhouette coming over the bridge it's like an art art so I tap my gunner because I know he's just as sleepy as I am I said hey do you see that coming and he's you know Oh, I see something, but I can't make out what it is. So we also okay. Let's wait, and um, and I asked the loader, "What did he have in the tube?" They just load ammunition. He don't, you know. We have um, uh, procedures that you have to go by, but in combat, kind of it kind of goes out the window. You still ensure everybody's safe, but the loader just loads until <laughs> he's exhausted, or I tell him to stop. So. When we noticed that it kept coming, we noticed that it was a tank. So, you know, he yells out tank, and I was like, you know, I yell over the radio, and I think the commander also spotted it from another angle, and they're like, hey, Alpha 2-2, there's a tank coming over the hill. Make sure you positively identify it. So we saw it. And once I positively identified it, we fired. And it wasn't far, like for a tank, is, you know, we can shoot two, three miles away. But this was like close combat. So we fired. And then when the smoke cleared or whatever the case may have been, um, it was still coming. We hit. You can see where the fire was coming on the uh, the side of the tank, the side, kind of like the suspension. Huh. So immediately, you know, you, you're you like, oh, man, did you check the computer? Did We didn't check it because remember, we stopped and we were just exhausted. We fired. He got a he had he got a shot off as well and missed. Wow! So, so uh, I I could hear the commander and everybody screaming like, "Hey, you need to da 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 da!" So we got the second round in there, fired and uh, destroyed it. So it sounded like a long story, but it happened like that. So far as the faith part, having faith in your equipment, having faith in God, and he shielded you from getting hit by you know it was close combat so our tank is pretty much uh is the baddest tank in the world but i think at that close range you probably would have got at least a headache or possibility someone could have gotten killed so yeah i mean close combat with tanks is different than it did other close <laughs> right, combat right exactly that's yeah. that's uh that's crazy i yeah. mean uh, and and uh you um you it was it 24 or 25 years in the army that you spent 25 yes 25 years in the army so um you know i, I was um i guess you probably had you know good times bad times ups and downs Definitely. but for for you was it um you know do you look back fondly on your career in the military and and um, in terms of obviously you're you're still a fit guy, but um, you know you um, lived a full life through the army, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, my military, the military part of my life was excellent. I had no issues with people, the army, you know, the rules and regulations. I knew what I had to do. Um, it was just trying to balance your 
civilian side of your life, you know, dealing with the PTSD and the addictions and then everything else that, you know, as a leader, you have your subordinates underneath you that are going through the same thing. So you have to be tough. You had, we had that stigma of being tough so you can be strong for them, you know. <clears throat> and then when you go home, then you deal with your issues. And then that's kind of, it seems as if you have no one to turn to. So that's that's why a lot of leaders also, um, I think, me personally, think leaders uh, struggle with suicide and um, because they feel as if they have no one to turn to. They can't show that weakness. But it's actually, you know, asking for help is a strength. You know, you're showing people that, hey, you're bold enough to say, hey, I need help. Um, so so how did you get through the struggles? I mean, uh, PTSD and, and if you kind of thought about doing stuff and and uh, like like you said, you, you kind of feel alone, even though you're surrounded by comrades, you kind of like, you know, you want to be that, you know, I'm this strong soldier. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a strong man. Yeah. So I got, I can say when I started really, when it started really hit me is when I went to Hawaii. When I was in, so from 90, December 94, when I joined up until I went to Hawaii in December 2014 uh, I was in a position to where I was just sitting still we weren't deploying we weren't training you know not no hard training we were I was in an S3 shop where I was just in charge of operations so I had a lot more time on my hand where when I was here we were constantly doing something if he wasn't deploying we were in the field getting ready to deploy or doing some type of training that just kept you busy so you really didn't have time to think about it. In Hawaii, I had a lot of time on my hand to think and just realize and just see things and start studying on it more like, hey, something's wrong, but let me find out what's wrong. So you try to do it on your own and then you get to a point where you say, hey, I need some help somewhere else, like some uh, professional help. And so Hawaii, I kind of went on a, down spiral and then I uh, got involved with a t-shirt I was at a point where I was gonna uh, be one of the 22 Um, so I was going through my closet and I remember I used to see these homeless guys on the street and I was you know some of the signs of suicide you start giving your things away because you know you don't need them anymore Uh, give it to someone that could use it so I was going through my closet gathering clothes I was going to give it to one of the homeless guy that I saw on the street and then I just it just seemed like something hit me and said you need to find something to occupy your time and so I, w- I played baseball from t-ball all the way to high school and I had all these hats that matched my shirts to my unit and then I just something said just try that try to do it on your own give you something to keep busy so I reached out to a fellow soldier from Mississippi that was there in Hawaii. And, you know, I bought shoes from him. And I see he was being an entrepreneur selling stuff. So I reached out to him and said, hey, I got an idea. And uh, he came over to the house um, and just showed me the ropes. Hey, this is what I did. You know, you don't find that too much. Some, Especially if they're in the same business, they're going to, they may give you a little piece. But he kind of set me down and um, got me onto becoming an entrepreneur with shirts so I got that idea and I stuck with that and that kept me busy when I was in my downtimes. 
um, after work because after we would get off work early in Hawaii because it was it was Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and I see so, you, you got one of these shirts on now. It yes, COVID nineteen kilo. Yeah. What, what does that mean? That's um, <laughs> like, kind of like Wheel of Fortune before and after. Uh, I would watch Wheel of Fortune and they would do a before and after. So of course when COVID hit, I would see COVID nineteen and then I'm like, hey. I'm a 19 kilo coat, and I just put it together before. It's just something different to glorify the army, glorify my job. I wanted to wear my story, you know, have something that I've you know been through. You know, as a baseball player, I would wear you know King Griffey Jr. jersey, but you know I've never been King Griffey. So let me wear something that relates to me, and then that's why I tried to. I called it MOS. Uh, I was telling my friend about it. And I couldn't think of a name for it. And he's he. I was telling him my designs, like what I wanted to do for the MOS, which was military occupation, especially like jobs in the military. And so he was like, "Man, you're onto something." And I was like, "That's it, Matthew's onto something." <laughs> so that's what I named my company. And um, I went from there, just relating jobs in the military to like things that helped us through deployments or like reading or entertainment or sports like sports and military go hand in hand because you meet guys and you know I was the best this in high school and then you have your organizational days and military and sports just go hand in hand so I got a lot of ideas I just haven't had time because I'm walking to every idea I come up with I jot it down so yeah I'm trying to make it into something big for the military and veterans and stuff like that. Yeah. And you were talking about walking. Um, obviously, like you said, you, um, you know, are used to doing PT, mm-hmm. uh, yep. physical training every morning, maybe at 5 a.m. or whatever. 630. 630. Okay. <laughs> not too early. Um, in the military. Um, not mm-hmm. sure if you're still in that routine, but now you guys are walking uh, across, and did it across the country, mm-hmm. Mississippi to California, and now doing it um, kind of in the Southeast. Mississippi um, to Georgia. So yeah. tell me about what's the, for you, I mean, uh, you know, do you like running or walking better or, I mean, walking obviously takes like twice as long, mm-hmm. but for people listening, like some people prefer walking. Some people prefer, Hey, I can get it done twice as fast. <laughs> if I'm going out for like a, a jog or go out and do a 5k or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, know? as I, as I started getting toward retirement you know my body started breaking down so my knees were giving me issues so walking wasn't (laughs) walking was fine for me uh i prefer run yeah to get there quicker but if that's walking because why can we say we're trying to make it a marathon not a sprint so we want to walk and be deliberate when we're talking to people and not rushing like hey you don't want to be in a rush when someone's trying to you know tell you their story um so walking's fine. Uh, I enjoy walking, and my knee is better. I don't feel that pain that I was feeling when I was running. So, um, you guys make sure you have good shoes and stay hydrated. There's lots of things you have to think about you have as to. you're walking across the country, right? Definitely. Uh, you would think, um, yeah, like I said, you would think we would stay. I stay hydrated. My other fellows, they <laughs> love, like I said, they love drinking uh, 22 Sierra coffee. Uh, okay. <laughs> They drink that before we do our push-ups, and I guess that caffeine keeps them going. <laughs> I do water and uh, sports drinks. And you have better shoes and equipment versus your uh, hiking, uh, versus like an army boot, perhaps? Uh, yes, definitely. Sneakers are better than boots because boots will wear, if you don't properly lace them up and have the right socks, boots will put blisters on your uh, foot a lot faster than 
sneakers. Yeah. Um, and you would think people would say, "Hey, what do you guys need?" Like they give, like I said, they give us plaques and bottle openers, and you would think they would offer shoes or socks. <laughs> but they've gotten it wrong. We had a uh, few people that did buy shoes. Um, not saying no one did, but you know, we were. It was a running joke. Like when we go and meet people, they would offer us food. Um, t-shirts hats like everything up here like man my feet are like on fire and you offer me a <laughs> bottle opener <laughs> and uh, as so. you're going through you talk about how like one of the things you enjoy the most about this is meeting people along the way yes um, strangers uh, veterans or just people that or maybe military family members um, and have you found a lot of people that have gone through maybe what you've gone through PTSD um, you know, kind of thoughts of suicide, or maybe they've had a family member, a loved one that has, you know, mm-hmm. um, killed themselves and been in the military. Have you have you heard a lot of those stories along the way, and you're able to kind of really kind of connect with them? Definitely heard all the above. Um, families, people that have dealt with um, uh, loved ones that committed suicide, uh, they come out. They hug us. I guess, you know, they probably see what we're doing on social media. So they'll just come up to us, hug us for minutes, and then they'll say, say thank you. Uh, and then they'll tell their story. We talk to them, listen, and they just, you know, they all send us a message saying how we saved their life. Because, um, like you said, once you sometimes you get into that dark moment where you think no one cares. And then they see something like what we're doing and they are. Uh, appreciate it a lot so we've heard several stories and like i said there's no common denominator as to you know how and why people do it but because it's coming from air force army marines civilians the family members themselves it's just a lot so we're we're just trying to first let them know they're not alone and get them the help that they need um whatever they're going through there's something out there, an organization or some type of resource that can help. Uh, like I said, John and I and the rest of the guys are professionals. We're just trying to help and let them know that there's help out. We meet tons of organizations out there that are willing to help um, people that are going through their struggles. So we're just trying to keep the, word, the awareness on the forefront and uh, let people know that there are people out there that care. Like I said, we haven't ran across any type of negativity. Uh, you know, everywhere we go, people say, hey, watch out. That's a bad town or don't walk through there. It's bad. But we haven't run across anything bad. You know, if you're looking for bad, maybe it'll pop up. But I, like I said, I think God's just watching over us as we walk because we haven't run across. You didn't run across the whole United States and we haven't run across anything negative as of what we're doing. Of course, Everybody's not going to be on the same sheet of music. We meet people that say, hey, the VA is fine. We meet people that say the VA is terrible. It's just how they experienced it. And sometimes it's not the organization. It's the people that are inside of it, you know, that some people just doing it for a nine to five. And some people genuinely care, like if a veteran call and he's in dire need for help. Some people will go past their four o'clock or clock out and say, hey, here's my number. Call me instead of saying, hey four o'clock's here you know they may not tell them that but i'm gonna just pat you over to you know another number and then they're on hold for minutes and then you know yeah. that that minute may cause them their life you know 
Yeah, and I mean, like, it's so important, like you said, knowing someone cares. You guys are out there walking, not just for your, you know, for the sake of it, but just uh, walking to raise awareness for these. And knowing that there's uh, so much help out there, people that are professionals, organizations. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, I think I've read somewhere that you said that for you, walking... Um, you know, and, and doing, you know, these events like this, the, the buddy watch walk is, is therapy for you as, as well. Oh yeah. I mean, you're, you know, a year removed from, from your, you know, a couple decades plus in, in the military. Um, do you feel like fitness, um, you know, the walking like that and camaraderie, those kind of things can be a real uh, healing factor? Yes, definitely. It's just, you feel like you're part of something again. You know, when you get out and people realize the reality of the civilian world versus the military it's a lot different trying to reenact or get back acquainted with civilian life is hard so when we have people to come out and walk with us they just said hey they feel like they're a part of the military again and that's what they missed and um it's definitely like the physical fitness part um it go the the pain goes away kind of for me and the stories we've heard with people that walk with us, the pain goes away because you're doing so much more than just thinking about the distance that you have to walk. You're meeting people along the way, talking to them. So you do get a break when you talk, stop and talk. So uh, you get a break. and um, It's not like 600 or <clears throat> 1,800 miles uh, right. without stopping. Without stopping. <laughs> you do get a break. And then when you just sit and talk to people and hear their stories, it's it's it's. It's heartbreaking, but it's kind of phenomenal and heartwarming that you're out there helping someone. And you say, we've had people to say, hey, you guys saved my life. And uh, they appreciate it. Whatever you need, just give me a call, you know. And, and we're doing it all for just just to help. Yeah. Uh, and help organizations that are already established. Like John and I, we're just regular veterans that are out there. We don't have uh, anything to establish. And the biggest thing is just connecting those organizations. You'll be surprised that some organizations don't know about others. And we have people to come out, walk with us from different organizations. Oh, I didn't know that you did this. I didn't. This is what I do. You know, I provide food. I provide finances. I provide the medic, uh, medication or medical care, the professional. And they come together. You know, I'll, uh, I can re- uh, refer you to him. He can helped you so awesome awesome it's been awesome and then obviously you know uh as this podcast comes out it's uh around veterans day awesome and so uh you know um what does that mean to you i mean again veterans day for some folks is maybe a day out of school a day off work (laughs) something like that but obviously you're a veteran uh your uh, partner john ring and all this is is a, Mm -hmm. a veteran and you've met so many along the way um what does veterans day mean to you or what do you hope i guess it means to just people across america yeah i hope you know of course a lot of holidays that they celebrate dealing with the military they you know treat it as a celebration for others it's kind of like like memorial day they barbecue and stuff like that but we treat it a lot different so veterans day to us meeting a lot of veterans that we have like the older from vietnam world war ii veterans we just want them to know that they're not alone um people out there care for them and they appreciate what they've done to pave the way for where we are today of course we got a lot further to go but what they've done has paved the way for so many soldiers that are serving right now and have served so veteran day is we just want to you know take a time out and say thank you uh for what they've done 
Yeah. Well, thank you for what you guys are doing. And so for somebody who wants to kind of find like your schedule for -hmm. where you guys are going next, maybe they want to meet up with you or they want to give money and, and, and see the the organizations that uh, like you, that you've been talking about, Mm -hmm. where's the best place for them to go? Uh, They can go to www.buddywatchwalk.com and it has everything on the page, donations, the GoFundMe, um, we're walking right now for Fight the War Within. It has their information on there. They deal with uh, PTSD issues, helping soldiers and family members um, fight uh, PTSD, that war. Um, we have several other sponsors that we walk for and, and trying to help um, just make one bit happen big happy family yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. i know it takes a lot of organization to make this happen you guys are definitely. doing a great job and i usually close the podcast out with a prayer so if you don't mind i'd love to pray for you guys definitely. so yeah uh, dear god i pray right now for uh, jimmy and john and their whole team as they uh, continue journeying uh, across the southeast uh, heading east now towards uh Tybee Island, Georgia, just to continue to bring that hedge of protection on them. And, and we pray for, we just thank them for their service to our country and that Lord God, that you will um, bring people to them to, to learn about, um, you know, uh, how to deal with serious issues like PTSD and, and suicide that, that Lord God, that they will continue uh, as they walk to, to save thousands of lives, Lord God, that just use them um, in this journey and to, to uplift you, to uplift um, veterans and people that have uh, fought for us and sacrificed so much for us. And we appreciate it. Uh, we give you all the glory. You name me pray. Amen. Amen. And uh, I love your shirt. So also, by the way, so where can folks, it can, if they want to like, you know, get some creative shirts or like maybe they have some ideas for mm-hmm. you, where can, can they, can they reach out to you or uh, reach website? out to me on uh, us. Okay. MOSclothing.us. MOSclothing.us. Okay. <laughs> I just retired, came up with the idea, then I started walking. And so. then you guys will be done with this walk in uh, early December is December the goal? December 3rd is the goal. Okay. All right. December 3rd. We'll, we'll go, well, good luck to you. Get some rest while you're here in Columbus, Georgia. I'll and, try. Uh, and, uh, and Godspeed to you. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks for having me. And it was great to talk to this uh, hero. Uh, they are now, uh, they have left Columbus, Georgia in the last uh, couple days, and they are headed east, uh, headed towards Savannah and Tybee Island. They're supposed to be arriving there on December 3rd. So make sure to, to look up uh, BuddyWatchWalk.com. Again, that's BuddyWatchWalk.com, and you can uh, see where they're at. I see stories about them, and uh, you can also, um, you know, donate if you'd like to towards their causes. Uh, we're going to have we have stories on them this week on uh, WTVM, the local ABC affiliate. So we'll have those linked up on our website as well, WTVM.com. So thanks again for him and for all our military veterans that have served our country in wartime or in peacetime. We really, really appreciate it and, and continue to pray for you and your families. Turning now to our final segments of this uh, podcast, Run the Race episode, uh, we have uh, um, some interesting food for thought, some tidbits from the news about uh, how walking is, uh, is a really great form of exercise and also a story about a World War II vet who leaned on his faith in uh, times of trouble. But we start with uh, some inspirational, a quote uh, through music.
you know, I was looking it up, and there are several songs that uh, talk about walking or have walk or walking in the title. There's a Walk This Way, Run DMC, and Aerosmith did that one. Walking on Sunshine, Those Boots Were Made for Walking uh, by Nancy Sinatra back in the olden days. But uh, this parting gift today, uh, since we're talking about walking, rucking, and uh, walking uh, hundreds of miles, which uh, Jimmy Matthews and John Ring and the gang are doing, uh, this parting gift is from Johnny Cash. It's from the song Walk the Line. I'm not going to sing it, I promise, but I'm going to quote uh, the first set of lyrics. Um, I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the tie that binds. Because you're mine, I walk the line. And uh, he does it much lower than me. I walk the line. I don't know if I can get that low. It's probably off key a little bit. Uh, but uh, so he's just talking there in the beginning of that Walk the Line song about, you know, keeping a, a close watch on your heart and, uh, you know, kind of knowing what's ahead, keeping your eyes wide open. And when I run, I, I, I try to look ahead and see what's out in the distance to be safe. And that's how we should be in life as well. And so uh, an important lesson from that song about uh how we should live our lives as Christians or, or just as, as you know, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, um, just to kind of to be better in those roles. Turning now to Food for Thought, some uh, little, little news I've found. Uh, this one, first one is, is an article called Why Walking is the Most Underrated Form of Exercise. This comes from NBC News. Uh, sometimes, you know, when we're runners or, or uh, maybe, you know, uh, athletes, we kind of silently judge people that are walking next to us. Well, let me tell you, it's not pointless. Uh, Dr. Matt Tannenberg, a sports chiropractor and certified strength and conditioning specialist in Phoenix, Arizona, who works with elite athletes, he said, quote, walking can be as good as a workout, if not better than running. Uh, now, other certified exercise physiologists like John Ford says, quote, running due to larger muscle recruitment, greater forces exerted and faster motion capability will always have the proverbial leg up on walking. Now, walking might not be a better workout, but it is definitely a better choice for some folks. And there's some scientific research about the effectiveness of walking as a fitness routine. Experts say that walking improves a number of things. Here's a quick list. Fitness, cardiac cardiac health. Uh, It helps alleviate depression and fatigue, improves your mood, uh, creates less stress on your joints, and and can also kind of help with uh, weight gain, uh, help prevent weight gain, that is, and reduce your risk for things like cancer, chronic disease, and improve your endurance and circulation. So all kinds of things that walking can help out with. And in terms of the mental benefits, a Stanford University study found that walking increases creative output by an average of 60%. It creates that free flow of ideas and it also improves your mood. One study found that just 12 minutes of walking resulted in an increase in attentiveness and self-confidence compared to sitting down. So how do you make your walk better, right? Just so you just don't go out there and just walk, which is fine to do. But uh, the experts in this NBC News article say, utilize the incline feature if you're on a treadmill. Try intervals, so challenge your body with some intervals, different speed works, and maybe add some weights because carrying that extra weight will increase the intensity and uh, you'll burn some more calories too, which is not a bad thing. And on the uh, faith side of things, an uh, article from Henry County Times in McDonough, Georgia, uh, it's titled, World War II Veteran Reflects on Tragedy, Faith, and Generosity. So this man is named Al Jackson Sr. He entered the Navy back in 1942, um, stationed on a repair ship in the Pacific from 42 to 45. 
And he he uh, says his Christian faith was one that helped sustain him while he served in the war and while he served on this ship and reading the Bible daily that his mother gave him. Uh, he remembers uh, talking about his religious beliefs with several people one night and one of those service members dying uh, back in November of 1944. And uh, the USS Hood and ammunition ship blew up just a, about a, a dozen feet from Jackson. And he remembers that. Uh, and David Jackson says his dad, this World War II veteran, veteran, carries the Bible that was given to him decades ago. He said others regularly show their appreciation for his dad's service. We we salute you, uh, Al Jackson uh, Jr. and, and, and uh, Al Jackson Sr., that is, and uh, and, and we, we salute all of those who have fought for our freedom. Well, thanks very much again for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Go to WTVM.com slash podcast to listen to any of the previous uh, 43, 44 episodes. We're uh, rolling right along here. In fact, this is the one-year anniversary. We've been doing this for uh, one full year now and uh, going strong, talking about uh, getting better mind, body, and soul when it comes to fitness and faith. And if there's something you would like to uh, hear about on here or if you have a comment, uh, uh, we'd love for you to write a review. Go to Apple Podcast, run the race, go to the very bottom and click on there, five stars if you like it, and uh, write a quick little sentence or two. And uh, you can also send me a uh, email, jdennis at wtvm.com, and I'll, I'll listen to your feedback, good, bad, or ugly. And I uh, hope you and yours have a great rest of the week.